Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome back, my Maximizers. This is Maximize Your Influence, podcast number 240. Kurt Mortensen here, little jet-lagged, I guess that would be. Been in the Middle East for quite some time. Finally back, good to be back, love to be back. Good to see family and everything. Of course, there's a stack of things to do, including podcasts, but I love to do that. Love your feedback and support and your comments. And if you have any, it's, of course, Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's also where you find all the information you need to take your life and your income to the next level. So if I get a little delirious and fall asleep during the podcast, you'll know why. But, hey, I'm back from the Middle East. We're in Qatar, UAE, and a trip to Egypt this time. What an incredible, beautiful, busy place. (laughs) I think you've probably been to those type of countries before where two lanes really means four lanes. Lots of horns, lots of traffic, and no crosswalks. So I learned the art from locals how to cross a five-lane street (laughs) with cars everywhere and not get killed. Yeah, interesting, fun place, good people. Saw the Nile, the old Nile River cruise. The pyramids, of course, was cool. We also went out to the Citadel there at Alexandria. So spoke to some entrepreneurs, very hungry for personal development. Did some government training, did some university training, which was a lot of fun to share ideas with uh, negotiation professors from different parts of the world. That was in Alexandria. Shout out to you. Thanks for a great time. Interesting thing that happened uh, there in Egypt is they, they like their pigeons. They like pigeon. I don't think we eat that in most parts of the world, but hey, they love pigeons. Kind of a delicacy. And we were going to this night market, the place of the best Egyptian pigeon in the world. You know, I got to take their word for it. And we just finished up the day and we talked about social validation and You know, when you think you're going to the best restaurant in the country, you're thinking, you know, sit down, air conditioning, yeah, no, all outside, very warm. It's like these two little garages or cubby holes, and the one where they were taking us was full of cats. Now, I'm not a big cat fan, especially when I'm going to be eating something, but there were cats everywhere, and they started laughing, said it was cat social validation, and if the cats knew that the birds, right, cats like birds and the pigeons, they were there, they were after them, it must be a sign that they were good. I never would have thought about that in a million years, but that is what they taught me, the cat social validation. If you're ever out getting bird or pigeon, look for the cats. I guess that is a good sign. So let's get into it and talk about the things that will make a huge difference. Remember, we're on YouTube at Maximize Your Influence, Spotify the same, Facebook the same. Give us a like, tell your family, friends, and enemies. Let's crank up the numbers. We really appreciate it here at Maximize Your Influence. Let's get into the geeky article of the week. This comes from the Journal of Applied Social Psychology. 
And this was done this year by Dr. Douglas and Dr. Get Ready Here, Help Me Out, Chopeta Yaisanolidith. I'm hoping I got that one right. About fubbing. Now, that sounds like a bad word. It's not. I had to stop and take a look at it. That's why I read the article in the first place. And this is about cell phone behavior and how it irritates people. So, fubbing, that's P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G, is short for phone snubbing. I guess they made up the word. I, I hadn't heard it before. Let me know if you have. But it was linked to poor communication and lower relationship satisfaction when you were a fubber. All right? Those are the words of the day. Basically, ignoring someone in a social situation to look at a phone threatens people's fundamental need to belong. This is what the research is finding. It's a form of social inclusion. What happens is when you look at your phone, it's not only poor communication, it's not only rude. I mean, we all kind of do it sometimes, I guess, depending on the person. But it makes people feel invisible, that you don't care, that they're not there, and it erodes their self-esteem. In fact, if you want to know more on those things, Podcast 72, I took a deep dive in Persuasion Blunders, and of course, all the archives are available at InfluenceUniversity.com, along with a 52-week PhD mastery program in Persuasion, very simple to learn a tool a week. So they gave some examples, you know, placing a cell phone where it can be seen during the conversation, keeping it in your hand, glancing at it while you're talking, or even worse, glancing, checking, and looking at the cell phone during the conversation. So the higher you were in your level of fubbing, the results showed the more people felt their fundamental needs were threatened, you know, the self-esteem, including belonging, friendship. But they also found it had a vicious cycle of retribution. They'll do it back, right? They don't want to feel invisible, so they're going to pull their phone out too. So when you're fubbed by someone, you want to fub them back, okay? So we start fubbing each other. Okay, get used to that word. And they actually did some research where they're showing people different pictures, some animations of people being fubbed. And this is direct from the research. This is what they said. Fubbing behavior itself predicts the extent to which people are fubbed. So that being a fubber can result in a vicious, self-reinforcing cycle of fubbing that makes the behavior becomes normative. So you look at relationships, you're fubbing each other because you're used to it. It's become the norm. They go on to say, research on the effects of fubbing suggests that it may create negative, resentful reactions such as people perceive their interactions to be poor quality, less satisfied with the interaction, trust goes down, and they don't feel as close to the person present. And there's an experience of jealousy. So, interesting article on the word of the day, fubbing, that it can be a challenge, right? That's why you start fubbing each other, because you get used to it becomes the norm. So, start thinking about it. Maybe you need to change the way you act, especially if it's somebody you're trying to develop a relationship, improve a relationship, or trying to persuade. Watch your fubbing. And that brings us to the favorite, the Persuasion Blunder of the Week. Homer, go. Don't, don't, don't. This happened to be in Egypt. They gave me a nice suite, a nice room. It was beautiful. Something happened with the air conditioning. I don't know. They were all apologetic. It wasn't that big of a deal. I come back to the room and know they had extra treats and fruits and bottles of water and things like that. But on the bed were all these flower petals in this beautiful design. They'd taken a towel and turned it into a swan. And I've got this bed cover full of flower petals of this beautiful design, these red petals. They weren't roses, but these small red petals. And they, I don't know, how spend how much time on this. 
And the blunder being is I don't like that sort of thing. My wife would have loved it, but the challenge is I'm too practical for that. I'm like, okay, what do I just throw all the pedals on the floor and flip the bed cover up? Do I just sweep them off into a trash can? Why are they giving me this extra work? And I know I probably should be more grateful and more with flowers and the aroma and maybe on a different day. But when you're speaking for 10 hours a day in time zone, the last thing you need is figure out how to get these petals off your bed. So I started scraping them off and the red petals were now staining the bed cover. And it was just a big challenge getting them off. It took me extra time. I didn't want to spend the time, but I did spend the time instead of throwing them on the floor. I didn't feel that was right either. Maybe that's what they wanted me to do so they could vacuum it up. I don't know. But anyway, that's a blunder because they assumed I would appreciate it. I would like it. And, you know, deep down I did appreciate it. it was a nice gesture, but it was more a pain in my rear than anything else because they didn't understand their prospect. They assumed that they would like it, so I would like it. And that brings us into our topic of the day is persuasion darts. Too many people, when you think about feature benefit, throw darts at their prospects hoping they stick. I saw this in Egypt, the big night market where the vendors are coming after you. They're like throwing darts, hoping they stick. They're just saying, you need this because of this. And they're throwing things out why they think I would care or want it. And, you know, every once in a while they'd get it right, but most of the time they were way off. And Granted, they only have a couple of seconds. It's not like they can interview me or get me to stop. They're throwing darts, trying to get me to stop, trying to grab my attention. Now, when you're with a prospect and it's not at a night market, you don't want to do those sort of things. You really need to understand the world of features and benefits. And I want to expand that because too many persuaders blow it. But I want to add to the whole feature benefit model or formula. Because too many persuaders throw the dart of feature, that's 450 horsepower, hoping that the prospect can assign a benefit to it. Because to the persuader, it's a no-brainer, duh, because it's what they do all day long. They know about it. It's an obvious benefit. So they're throwing the darts of the feature, hoping it'll a little stick, hoping they can assign a benefit to it, and they rarely are able to do that. And that is the big challenge. The feature's the logic, right? The facts. The benefit, what you're looking for, is the results, what you get. What do you get with 450 horsepower? And that's why it's so important to have that interview. Probably one of the better famous feature benefit examples is the drill, right? You probably heard that example. Hopefully you have people come to you and they want to drill. Okay, well, this drill has X horsepower. It has a blue plastic exterior. It has the most powerful battery in the market. It has a warranty of three years. Vomit, vomit, feature, feature, fact, fact. Now, maybe they'll be able to assign a benefit to it, but probably not. They just need a hole. They just need a hole in the wall. That's what they need. They don't buy a drill for all those things. They need a hole. That is the benefit of the thing they're looking for, and people don't spend the time to ask. So I'm going to add to the formula, list your features out all the facts, but then you need to clarify, why do you want the drill? Like a gym. Okay, our gym has 50,000 square feet. It has a 50,000-gallon pool. I don't know if that's a lot, but it sounded good. It has 24 hours. Really, that's great. They might be able to assign a benefit to that, but the reality is they want to look good. They want to feel good. They want to lose weight. They're looking for that end result. They're not getting excited about coming in an hour every day to work out, they are looking for the results. That is the benefit. That's why you clarify. 
Why are you looking for a gym? Why are you looking for a drill? Why are you looking for this type of car? So you can clarify what exactly they're looking for. Then once you clarify, you can reveal those benefits, the emotion of what you're looking for. That's the critical thing. Then let me add to that too. Let's do the formula. So feature, they're asking for a feature or you're revealing a feature, but clarify with questions and listening to find out why that's important or if it's important. Then reveal the benefits. What the benefits are, are the results, what you get. Then the advantages. So feature, clarify, benefits, advantages. The advantages are the differences between you and the competition. That's what changes everything, the advantages. The competitive advantage was what you reveal next to show them the difference. That's why it's so important. For example, let's go back to the drill bit, okay? All right, so I need a drill. Well, okay, why? And they say, well, I want to hang a picture. Now let's take a time out. What if you had a product that was a little different? You say, you know what? I have this other product over here where you don't have to put a hole in the wall. You could hang a picture in half the time, guaranteed to be perfectly straight, and it has a lifetime warranty. And they're like, oh, that sounds better than a hole in the wall or the drill because you spent to clarify you had different benefits and you had the competitive advantage because they didn't need a hole in the wall. They wanted to hang the picture. So they dug deeper and dug deeper and dug deeper, and that's the key to the things you're looking for. Another example, someone came to me, I want to learn to know how to negotiate. All right, well, I have a three-day seminar. It's 10 hours a day. This is what we're going to cover. We're going to talk about the dirty deeds of negotiation. We're going to have some negotiation exercises. Okay, well, no, why do you want to learn how to negotiate? Well, I'm having some challenges. My income's down. Okay, so you're looking to make more money, save some deals. You're losing money. All right, well, it's true. We do have this seminar. And on average, people tend to double their income over the next month based on the skills that you're going to learn. Then I would go in the competitive advantage as far as the guarantee that the material is based on science, that it's easier to retain, and the exercises we do, the competitive advantage, okay? Then all of a sudden, it's a lot different than just throwing darts, hoping things will stick. I want a camera, all right? Clarify what's going on. You could vomit the... Fastest shutter speed in its class, biggest memory, best battery. They're trying to get memories. That's the benefit, the memories. What are they really looking for? Why are you throwing darts when you can clarify and find what's going on? Uh, I need some aspirin. Well, these are 500 milligram, best in its class, has the purest ingredients. No, they want to fix their headache, okay? Are you with me? Do you understand how this works? That's how it's going. So again, understand your features and clarify, but realize the benefits is usually more or less of something. They might want to be more attractive, more money, more love, more respect, more happiness, more proactive, more time, more health, right? Those type of things. Those are the benefits. Maybe it's less stress, less pain, less debt, less guilt, all right? Some of those things will overlap, but that's what you're looking for to really understand how this works. You have to get in their brain, understand your prospect, and find out what they like about what you do, what they need, what they are looking for. Now, remember, if you call them out of the blue, you're going to have to create a benefit or a need. If they call you, you're going to have to find that need. I mean, there's a fine line there. But you have to realize that you're so close to it that what you like is not what they like. I'll give you an example. This is the key prospecting tool. How do you catch a monkey? 
Google it if you don't believe me, but this is how it works. <laughs> they uh, hollow out a coconut, right? And they drill a hole in it about just big enough for a monkey to be able to stick its hand into it. So they tie a rope around a tree in the coconut. And inside this coconut, they put salt. Monkeys love salt. Doesn't matter if you like salt or not. You probably wouldn't even think about it. You probably would put Hershey's chocolate in there and that would be good because that would catch you. But monkeys don't care about it. They might like it, but it's salt. Salt is what they love. So you're in the mind of the prospect putting salt in there. And the monkey comes in, looks at the coconuts, kind of curious, looks in and there's salt and reaches in for a big handful of salt. But with the fist of salt, can't get his hand out of the coconut because the hole is only big enough for the hand without any salt. And it will not let go. It's got its salt. It will not let go. And it gets caught. And that's what you're looking for. You want to get something so exciting that's in their mind that they want that. When they hold on to it, they won't let go. And they're there listening because they want what you have. Because you spent the time to get in their brain to find out exactly, to clarify, to reveal the advantages and the benefits that's the key. That's what I want you to work on this week. Anybody can throw the darts of persuasion, the sales darts, the persuasion darts, whatever you want to call them. Do you like this? Oh, it didn't stick. Do you like this? Oh, it didn't stick. You're waiting after 15 tries that something will stick, but it hurts the prospect in the process, and that is not what you're looking for. You want to get in deep and find out exactly how this works. Too many people assume, too many people prejudge without finding exactly what they want. Now, the reason people get stuck in this, especially persuaders, is it works sometimes. You can throw a feature dart at the person, that persuasion dart, and they're like, yeah, I do like 450 horsepower, or I do like this. That is what I'm looking for. And every once in a while, they're right, and so they keep doing it. And that does get them some sales, some success, but you can have a lot more if you find out exactly what they're looking for. One example, I think I gave it a few weeks ago, was buying pizza, and they want me to give you the super family, grande, duper size pizza just for an extra couple dollars or whatever it was, and I refused. And they were mad. And they kept saying, it's just cheaper, it's this, it's so much percent bigger, you should do it, it's a no-brainer, why aren't you doing it? Kept pushing and pushing, they kept getting more mad, which was making me mad, I'm like, just give me the regular size, but they were going to get me on this grande family deal. And I kept saying no, and it was a great deal, and it was a no-brainer, the challenge is, I have two ovens on top of each other, some Swedish type things, I don't, I don't even remember the names, but they're not super big. They can handle a large pizza, but nothing much bigger. So you get two ovens going, cooking two pizzas, but they can only be large. If you do out a family size, you'd have to fold it up and cook it and everything would kind of melt towards the middle. I think you get the picture there to where you just got a puddle of cheese and stuff in the middle and that wouldn't be that good. Not to mention that cheese probably melting over, burning in the oven, putting a bad smell in the air, and then nobody would be hungry for pizza. And <laughs> That could be a challenge. So don't assume. Do the research. Ask the questions. That's the key. Nothing happened to me. I tend to do some secret shopping or they send me to different places to be undercover. A lot of fun. I really enjoy it. So this one, hard assignment in Cancun to see if the timeshare salespeople were good. Now, they were pretty good. They made sales, but they were kind of like one-hit wonders. 
They had their formula. They had their tools. They didn't deviate. And if you didn't follow their process or their pattern, they didn't sell very well. So if you fall into the trap, I guess I'll call it, of the free gift and this and the social validation and everything else, it worked very well. But that's what, 20% close rate. They really didn't adapt to other styles and personalities, including my own, right? I was watching and taking note. They had some good things they were doing. Some things were high lactose, right? Cheesy, that were very, very old school. Now, a unique thing about this place, this timeshare, is not only did you get a spot on the beach, you had access to their yacht club. Now, if you've heard the podcast, if you know me, I'm a boat guy. I'm a yacht guy. Wow, giddy up. This was cool. I get access to yachts. I'm like, hey, well, how often can you take it out? And we're talking about it going out and just going out in the water, whether you're just on a day cruise, going to a different island to hang out, or you're fishing. These yachts are available. They have the different types of yachts and, and boats that you could take out. And so I said, can we drive these? He's like, oh, no, you don't have to worry about that. You just hang with your family and do that. We'll take care of it. We'll provide a captain, which totally shot me down. They assumed I was concerned about driving. No, I want to drive this thing. I have thousands of hours behind the wheel of a boat. I love doing it. That's my therapy. I would rather be driving than laying in the sun. But they cut me off. They throwing the feature darts, and they really shut me down. Now I don't even want to do it. The key to overcome that is so simple. Can I drive the boat? Do I get to drive the boat? Do you want to drive the boat? You know, clarifying questions. <laughs> Why do you want a hole in the wall? Why are you joining the gym? Why do you want the aspirin? Why do you want negotiation training? Dig deeper, dig deeper, clarify. Then you know what features to give them. And to remind you, the feature is the results, what they get. More of or less of, that is the key. Follow those rules, you'll see a big difference in your ability to persuade. But that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks for listening. Leave your comments. Remember, the newest edition of Maximum Influence is available for free. Just pick up a little shipping. That's available at Laws of Influence. If you want to take advantage of our enhanced coaching staff, we've been hiring and doing a lot of training and offering the first session for free. If you don't see that it's making you more money, I don't know what to tell you, but I want to put my name on the line. First session for free. Test us out if you're interested. Email me at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Again, thanks for listening, master these skills, and go out and persuade with power.